Like Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, divorce, separation and relationship problems could be coming under the spotlight in your life at the moment as the pandemic rages on. Changes to work schedules, people at home for longer, restrictions, financial pressures and more could be putting a huge strain and stress on relationships in your life. So during these difficult times, how can we get over this added pressure? And is there still a stigma attached to the breakdown of a marriage or a relationship. We're joined on the programme this morning by Magella Kennedy, who is a relationship counsellor. Good morning to you, Magella. How are you? Good morning, Gillian. Lovely to speak with you today. Magella, what is your experience? You've been talking to couples, you know, I suppose over the last few months, have you seen a change as a result of what we're all going through? Certainly. I think at any time, Gillian, relationships are challenging anyway, but I suppose when you put this unprecedented uh, pandemic into the mix of that, it is really very, very challenging for couples. And I suppose, in a sense, all of our lives have been very much turned upside down and the norms that we knew, the routines that we have are all totally changed. And I know that, you know, from early March, let's say, I have been working a lot with couples. And a lot of what has been my experience is that for couples who felt there were issues anyway and had been kind of glossing over the issues maybe in a sense with lockdown and with being at home um, much more uh, uh, time together that really they began to kind of look and see what's going on here. And some people came to counselling to look at that, to discuss that. Some came with a view to separate. Some came with a view to staying together. Some came with a view to looking and see what do we need to do here that we can get our relationship back on trap. So, yes, there has been quite a lot of um, challenges for couples during this time. If a relationship has a strong foundation in the first place, can you throw anything at it? In terms of, you know, a job loss, uh, you know, a a sickness um, or any other outside pressures. Is it all really about the foundation of the relationship in the first place? The foundation of the relationship is important, but I suppose the foundation of self is more important. So I suppose at any given time in a relationship, for me, the individual, it's where I'm at or what's going on from me. And that's kind of what brings in the dynamic into the relationship, because there are times when I can possibly cope very well with something that's happening in the relationship, or there may be a time when I'm not able, or there may be a time when I have very distorted thinking about what's going on. So, yes, of course, the foundation of the relationship is very important, but the foundation of self is key. And sometimes people would would, would feel that if they invest time in themselves, that it is selfish of them to invest time in themselves and that they feel guilty for not contributing maybe more to the relationship. But if we don't look after self first, we can't look after or be there for anybody else. So it really is about putting on your own oxygen mask first. I saw a lot of people commenting, especially in the early days of lockdown when we really weren't allowed to go anywhere at at all and so many people working from home that a lot of women were giving out about the fact that maybe they were working from home and their partner was working from home, but they felt the homeschooling, the childcare responsibilities 
you know, were kind of falling in their lap and their job was seen as less important. Do, do you find yes. that as, as a... a, a yes, and generally, and even before the pandemic, very much the distribution of chores would have been an issue that would come into the counselling room quite a lot. And even the distribution of between between partners and also the distribution with, with, with children, let's say, because sometimes uh, each partner would have a different sense of parenting. So I might have a very relaxed attitude to parenting and who does the chores or, you know, I might have a stereotypical role of I'm the man in the house and I don't do the, do the chores. But what I would say to people in that event is for all of us as, as a family grouping, whatever whoever is in our family, to sit at the table, draw up a list of our chores. What are the chores that need to be done on a daily basis here in the home? What is a weekly, weekly list of chores? And age appropriately then to distribute those chores. Also to look and see, there might be something that I like doing that you don't like doing. So again, to sit down, nearly have a business meeting about this type of thing. And see, you know, because there needs to be fairness. Because, again, if I feel that I'm the person doing all the chores here and you're sitting back and, and you're sitting and watching TV or reading your book, the resentment that's going to build around that is certainly going to challenge the relationship and bring issues in there. Did you find any specific problems that, that men tended to suffer from during the pandemic? I suppose, again, I suppose the, sen- the sense of... Um, Isolation, I suppose, was something that would have come up for them. I suppose when you're not at work, when you're not with with your colleagues, I suppose their 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 own kind of sense of space. Because I suppose in the home, I suppose the home does tend primarily to be kind of a female domain. We we tend as a female to take over that domain, I suppose. And I suppose for 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 the for the male for the male people, I suppose that were coming through the uh, counselling sessions here. It was they, they kind of had lost their sense of, of of me, my sense of place. Who am I? What do I do? What's my role here? So that would have been an experience that I would have had um, an experience of. And what about we're hearing a lot about domestic violence becoming a problem during the pandemic as well, and particularly for victims of abuse, whether it be violent abuse or verbal abuse, that they find this feeling of not being able to go anywhere. Not maybe yeah. maybe before they were able to leave and go stay with a friend. That's not possible now they might not even be able to stay with family and um, those kind of problems this feeling of being trapped we're all feeling a little bit trapped but yes, anybody who's, yes. who's yeah. dealing with abuse yeah. is, is, is more trapped certainly and i suppose simply because of the pandemic both partners are now in that space together for much longer because i suppose if you were living with an abuser who was going out to work um, each day and now that person is working from home and at home all the time so now there is really no escape it is there 24 7 and it is quite quite a challenging area and it seems to be you know increasing as well and it's right across the sectors as well and it really is a huge issue and um, it's a difficult issue to challenge it's a difficult issue to work with because I suppose people are reluctant be it a male partner or a female partner that 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 is the victim the fear it's fear that 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 stops them from coming forward and I suppose also the perpetrator works on the vulnerability of of that partner and I suppose they work on breaking them down, really. And it gets to a point where where, where the victim nearly believes that, that they are responsible for what is happening in, in, in this situation. So it's, it's a huge, huge challenging area of, of work. And it's one that really, really needs a lot, a lot of, um, I think, investment in education, I suppose, for people that if they find themselves in, in, in this situation, what do they do to get out of that situation? And that's really what you're looking at, getting out of it. Because who can live in that situation? Who wants to live in that situation? I have actually heard that if 
you have a, a relationship where, um, you know, a couple where one is in a very clearly an abuser and the other is a victim of abuse, that couples therapy can actually be a negative thing for that couple because <coughs> the stronger partner tends to use it to reinforce um, his, those opinions that it's all the other one's fault. Absolutely, yeah. And again, in couple, in couple work like that, what will happen is that the victim won't necessarily be, have, have the courage, let's say, to speak up in that situation because they're fearful of what the onslaught of that will be when they come out of, of that couple session. So they're going to endorse what, 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 the, what the perpetrator is saying. And again, it's an area of work that I have chosen not to work with domestic violence because I think it's a very skilled area of work. And I think if somebody is looking, you know, to, 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 to um, have support, I think be very careful of the type of support that you do access and be very careful that the person that's working with you is capable of keeping you safe because that's what this is about. It is keeping the victim safe. And would you ever have had a suspicion with a couple that maybe a victim might not be uh, 100% honest with you because of they were afraid what the partner might say or do when they left the session? Not in my own experience, in my own practice, I haven't. But one of the one of the things that stands out from my own training very much for me is that on one of the training days, um, one of our workshops, it was arranged that a person who had been a perpetrator of um, domestic violence would come in and speak with the group. And it left a really lasting impression on me on how the perpetrator actually works and actually manipulates the victim. And I suppose for me, I suppose it sounded um, warning bells. And I suppose one of one of the strong things that you're told when you're training as a counsellor is do no harm. And I feel that I may be doing harm if I were in a situation whereby somebody phones me and tells me I'm looking for counselling, couple counselling because I'm in a domestic violence relationship. I actually choose not to take that referral because I don't think it's an area that I have the skill to actually work with. What about the kids during uh, this pandemic and, you know, mum and dad aren't getting on very well and they're both working from home and arguing with each other. They really are the ones that suffer the most, aren't they? Well, everybody suffers from that situation, I suppose, Gillian, you know, and a lot of the time couples will say to me, but the children don't know. But children do know. They may not know exactly what is happening or why it's happening, but they will know at their gut level that something isn't right. And what will happen is they will become very anxious, particularly the younger children. They become very anxious. They may not be able to verbalise it or know what it is, but they'll know something isn't right. And, you know, that will present itself in different ways. The anxiety will present itself in different ways for children and also the fear. And again, I suppose it's about if you see maybe different behaviours because poor behaviour is driven by unmet needs. Unmet needs. So for children, if you see a significant change in their behaviour, something has happened, something has changed. It's interesting when I get um, when I work with young children or when I work with adolescents here, a parent might come to me and they might say to me, "Well, they were doing fine up to whatever point, and then everything changed." And it's interesting when you ask the child, you know, when did this change? What happened with it? they will be able to pinpoint literally back to what was happening or the time that this began to happen. So it does certainly have. And I mean, I even find I, I even find working with um, adults, let's say, for various different issues here that come to the, come to the sessions, um, for adults who have who had um, 
experience separation in their family of origin, let's say, they still carry a lot of shame about that with them, that their parents separated and their parents split up. So yes, it does have a significant impact. And we also have Catherine Murray on the line as well this morning. Good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning. Catherine, you've been on the show in the past about organising divorce parties because you believe that there actually can be cause to celebrate when a relationship breaks down as well. Yeah, I mean, by the time I get to them, you know, they have gone through all of the hard times. They've, you know, they've come out the far side and it's usually when the divorce papers are actually signed, which was, you know, four years ago, um, you know, from the time that they actually separated. So all that really hard work with Magello and a majority of it has been done. And I suppose a lot of people use it as a point to kind of draw a line in the sand and just say, okay, the papers are through. This is the end of this point in my life and I'm going to move on. And what better way to start, you know, a new chapter in your life than going away with your friends and kind of having a bit of an ease up, you know? Do you think there's still a stigma attached to divorce and relationship breakdown? Yeah, so it's funny, you know, I'm predominantly, I organise hen and stag parties. So um, a good few years ago, I can't even remember, I think it was 2016 when I set up the divorce parties company. Um, I got a phone call from a lady and she's like, hi, I'm, I'm just wondering, do you, do you do like different types of parties? And it took me about, you know, three or four minutes to finally get to the crux of it that she wanted to organise a divorce party. And I could literally feel the shame and embarrassment down the phone and she was like I really want to do it but I I really don't know if I can and you know it was that moment that I was like you know what you know women need to be told that actually this is okay if you want to organize a party to celebrate and to you know use it as a positive message going forward in your life then great we will be there to help you to do that and that's where it all started and you know I do kind of get that a bit <laughs> people would ring and they say do you organize divorce parties like well you came through the divorce party website so yes yes we do um you know and it's it's sad really you know in 2020 um but you know it is still there I think and I don't know if it's actually society that's putting it on people or if people themselves are putting it on themselves, you know. Magella, do you think that stigma is still there? Yes, I do, um, Gillian. And, and again, I suppose as Catherine has said, it, it's maybe people themselves because I think a lot of what people would say to me is, I failed. I failed. They see yes. this as failure, that they, that, they, that they didn't, you know, that they weren't able to stay in that relationship. And just maybe going back to something Catherine said about the divorce parties, I suppose my experience has been, it is rare enough that you will find two people coming in to the counselling session where both people actually want to separate. You'll usually have one person who wants to stay in that relationship and one person who wants to leave. So while I suppose one person is celebrating, I suppose there's another person there who's going away and, you know, taking a lot of the the, the impact of what has happened in there for them. So I suppose, again, it's very individual as to who needs what coming out of that relationship. Okay, finally, Magella, where do people go if they're looking for some advice? Where would you recommend, first of all? Certainly, if, if they're looking for support and they, they, they want to speak with a professional person, I would guide them to um, the IACP website. It's www.iacp.ie and um, all the professional accredited counsellors across the, uh, the whole of Ireland will be on that site. You will see the, their qualifications, you will see the area of work that they work in and their contact details. Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us on the programme this morning. Magella Kennedy, uh, Relationship and 
marriage counsellor and also to Catherine Murray, organiser of divorce parties. Not too many parties at the moment, Catherine. No, unfortunately we're in lockdown, but look, at, we'll just ride the storm and we'll, um, you know, come back with a bang in 2021. I think I'm like everyone else. I think that the 31st of December 2020, all this is just going to be a, we're going to open our eyes on New Year's Day and it's all going to be a horrible nightmare and it'll disappear. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thanks for joining us yeah. on the programme this morning. Uh, that's Hi, uh, uh, Catherine Murray there and Magella Kennedy. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.